welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Mrs. Linda ofori Narti. Uh, she's a wife, she's a mother to three beautiful children. She's also an accountant and lives in Ghana. She'll be sharing her story with us today and all her advocacy work. So welcome, Linda, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Ola, and thank you to your team too for inviting me for this program to share my history with you guys. So I'm grateful. Well, thank you. We love having you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, too. So to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. My name is, as I, you said earlier on, my name is Mrs. Linda Oforinati. I'm a wife, a mother to three beautiful kids, and I'm an accountant. That's all. Wonderful. Yes. And I should note that, uh, of course, today we are speaking about incompetent uh, cervix. We're speaking about sickle cell anemia. We are speaking about uh, having Irish negative uh, blood type. Uh, we are also speaking about um, the G6PD status. Uh, I wanted to just know for all our listeners that uh, we are not speaking from a doctor's perspective. I'm not a doctor, uh, neither are you. But of course, you'll be speaking based on your personal experience. Sure. I just wanted to share that as well. Sure. All right. So to start off, uh, you're an advocate for incompetent cervix awareness. Um, What does it mean to have an incompetent cervix? Okay. So for you to have an incompetent cervix, or it's now now normally called early cervical opening. It's mm-hmm. occurs it's occurs when the cervix opens too early and silently during pregnancy. That is, if it opens before you are you reach full term. Oh, wow. And okay. it's also called, or it can also be called, uh, cervical insufficiency. That is when your cervix is insufficient. Right. to hold your baby inside or full term and okay. it can cause problems like a miscarriage that is when the fetus or the baby dies before birth and it can also cause you to have a premature birth that is when the baby is born before the uh, you reach your full term and the organs are not fully developed right but with this cervical incompetence before you can be diagnosed it you have you have to be within the second trimester that is between 15 to 28 weeks. That is when normally when you lose a baby, it's normally caused by an incompetent cervix. So yes. So then do people have to experience a loss in that time for them to then know that they have an issue with the cervix? That is the normal thing now that is happening in the hospitals, but it shouldn't be so. Exactly. Yeah. Before you even before you are even diagnosed with it, nowadays when you go to the hospital, they don't bother to check your cervix. Do you go through the normal antenatal checks, the labs, the a normal abdominal scan, 
they mm -hmm. do everything but they don't check the cervix so normally you would have to go through maybe one or two losses before wow. they will maybe think of going to check whether your cervix is the cause of the miscarriages before they can diagnose you that you have a cervical incompetence so maybe it has to be managed with the other pregnancies that so that is, so is the sad. Training now. Yeah, yes. that's so sad to have to there has to be a better way to be able to 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 find out sure what happens to yeah that is that is the main reason for me advocating for the cervix to be checked whether you've had a loss or not okay so if the hospitals or the clinics are able to check the cervix then perhaps in some of these cases they're able to prevent sure or, so hmm. much of it could be avoided you know with nature definitely one or two pregnancies will be lost but yeah. I think when the cervix are checked, whether or not you are a fresh mother, whether or not you've, be, you've become pregnant, as in you've had previous children or not, I think yes. your cervix can be checked when you are within the second trimester, most especially, so that in case maybe your cervix is shortening, your cervix is reducing, it's opening, it can be caught earlier yeah. and it can be managed with maybe, maybe with a cyclage or maybe with some progesterone with some bed rest. So that no, you don't lose the pregnancy. Other mm. than waiting for the person to lose it before you go and look for the causes exactly. of the pregnancy loss. Yeah, yeah. And for and for some people, they've done so much or waited for such a long time to get to that point where they're actually pregnant. Yes, you uh, know, most people go through infertility issues and then mm -hmm. go through IUI, IVF, and so kinds, many kinds of getting pregnant. So when the person apart from the emotional things the person goes through and and the cost involved the person has so much high hopes of keeping the pregnancy or carrying the pregnancy to a full term but then within the second trimester you get to be there and then your cervix starts opening and with cervical incompetence you can be pregnant within this hour the next hour your cervix will be fully opened wow. and it will just pass by without you even knowing then you'll be asking yourself i had a bump now where is the bump yeah. <laughs> in an yeah. hour's time so it would be very good if doctors check make it a routine thing mm -hmm. maybe to include it in the normal antenatal checks whether or not the person has lost their pregnancy before or not it can be checked just to be take precautions to avoid pregnancy losses yeah thank you so much for sharing that and, and thank you for all the work that you're doing to raise awareness about this as well and to support so many other women and men that might have experienced this. Okay. And so, of course, in talking about this, you've also had your own experience with yeah. uh, incompetence or perhaps a better name, I feel, cervical uh, patients, yes. like yes. you said. Mm -hmm. um, so can you share your story, a bit about your story and uh, why you then made the decision to start advocating and creating awareness? Yeah, my story is a very lengthy one. I hope listeners are ready to <laughs> sit down and then listen to my long story. So first of all, uh, before this three children that I have, I have lost four children. Oh, wow. So and then sorry. two of them to IC, that's cervical incompetence or incompetent cervix and the other two were first trimester losses 
both at 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And with my first pregnancy, as we are discussing, I never knew there was something called cervical incompetence. I have I had never heard of it. All I know is you get pregnant and then you carry it through nine months by God's grace. When it's nine months, you go into labor and you deliver on your own, or if possible, you go through with CS, whichever way is fine with you. So yeah. I didn't know IC existed at all. So I got pregnant in 2012. Everything was going on smoothly till I reached 26 weeks. 26 weeks, I started sporting. And eventually it went into bleeding. My husband and I went to the hospital to be checked. And the normal routine, they do a ultrasound scan to check the abdominal one, to check the baby, the fluid, the baby's position, at least to find the cause of the bleeding. Yeah. So I was, I was scanned and then told the baby was fine. The HB was okay. There was enough fluid around him. He was measuring right on target too. But then they didn't check my cervix to know the cause of the bleeding. The doctor only concluded by saying, maybe I'm stressing myself, so I need to go off work two weeks so that I'll be on bed rest for the bleeding to stop. So he gave me two weeks off and then I had to go home and then wait for the bleeding to stop. So after a week at home, I started contracting. And personally, myself, I like reading a lot. Apart Mm. from what the doctors tell me, I like doing research, reading books, especially because I, personally, I don't want to normally listen to people's comments. I want to read as well as, apart from what the doctors tell me, so that Mm. I know I'm on the right path. I want to get a better explanation of everything. So then I went online and I started reading about what is happening, that's in the contracting, contraction I I was having. Mm. then when I checked with the frequency it was happening it was recurrent like five every five minutes it was I was contracting and it was unusual because I've never felt those that thing within the 27 weeks of pregnancy so then from what I read online I was told it's uh, labor signs and I was just at 27 weeks so I was wondering what, what was happening yeah. quickly I told my husband and then we drove off he was driving but then whilst he was driving uh and i was in the car i felt something was as in was coming in between my legs so i touched it and i felt it was hard uh, personally i didn't know what was coming but i it, the thing too i felt some sort of hair so i told my husband i think the baby is coming already so he had to put on the hazard there and he was just beeping the horn, horn, pressing it. He told me if I could wait longer so that we could get to a bigger hospital, maybe yeah. one of these government hospitals. I said, no. And by the time, uh, when I told him that less than two minutes, I just couldn't hold on any longer because the head was practically out. So, so I just delivered in the car. And we were with my mother-in-law, so mm. she took the baby and then you took her wrap uh, her cloth and used it to wrap around the baby. And then some few minutes later, we got to the hospital. 
So when we go to the hospital, when I delivered in the car, the baby was moving his legs and arms, but he wasn't crying. When wow. we go to the hospital, to the same thing, he was moving his legs and arms. But then the nurses told me, he asked, they asked me how many weeks I was, and I told them 27 weeks. They told me he won't survive. And that 27 weeks and being a boy, his testicles has not descended and all that. So he won't survive. And the exact word they used was he has he, he has expired. He has what? Expired. As in something expiring. Oh. Something has reached his its expiration period. So I was like, how can you say human being that way? Yeah. Yes, that's the exact word they used. Expired. Oh. So that's my sauce. It's my baby. Uh, uh, let me say a consumable exactly. tomatoes, is it a biscuit, is it a juice? Uh, how can you say my baby has this? But at least try taking him to the NICU or for a pediatrician to attend to him or something. Put him into an incubator. Exactly. Like, and then maybe after a few minutes, if you come and tell me that the baby, the baby has passed, it's way better than saying, just telling me straightforward that my baby has a spot. Meanwhile, that time the baby was yeah. making some movements. Yeah. So they could they didn't attend to the baby. They were rather concentrating on me because they said the placenta hasn't come out. So they had to remove it. Otherwise, it will cause problems for me. Mm. And to cut the story short, I lost him after some few minutes because he couldn't get the attention he needed. Yeah. And I lost him. Oh, sorry. Yes. So that was the very first one that I lost. And then with the second one, uh, by God's grace, I got pregnant some few months after the first one. That one to everything was okay. And I, I started, normally I started antenatal at six weeks. So I went for the first scan. They checked, they said they can see the pregnancy. I should come the following week, which is uh, two weeks time, which is eight weeks. I went mm-hmm. there, things were okay. They saw the heartbeat and everything. 10 weeks I went there and then they told me the baby's heart has stopped beating and that they stopped beating on the eighth week after I had come and they saw it. They stopped beating the flowing day. So they called it a missed miscarriage. That was, that was the first, first time I had it. So I was actually carrying the baby within me for two weeks, maybe two weeks or less that yeah. it has stopped growing, but I didn't know. So that was the second pregnancy as well. And with the third, listeners, I hope I'm not boring with my story. No, no, of course not. Okay, so with the third pregnancy, late came in later part of 2014. I got a different doctor because yeah. obviously the first one wasn't helping me. And so my husband decided that we should get a new doctor. We went to the doctor and then he listened to my history and then he put in a plan to help me they when the doctor listened to my history he realized that the first one was cervical incompetence what was caused as a, as a result because oh the whole period by that my cervix was opening i couldn't even feel a pain yeah the only symptom that i saw that they didn't pay attention to was the spotting and the bleeding but aside that i wasn't having any symptoms or signs or labor pains till it I was all silence was, was all, all silent, silent yeah. so i started contracting that was when the baby was actually coming out yeah. so he concluded that it was cervical incompetence that was the first time i heard of it so he put in a plan that this time around he would put in something called cyclage 
then when we talk about cyclage is as in a stitch to the cervix they stitch the mouth of the cervix of the womb which is called the cervix so that the baby can stay in longer than it came out the previous time so that i can reach full term right and, and is this before period. the pregnancy or no what? no that time that was the third pregnancy i was already pregnant but i was around oh, okay. around six weeks Okay. And that was the new doctor that I saw. So he needed to put in a plan for me, mm-hmm. draw a plan for me as in how the pregnancy will be managed so right. that what happened previously doesn't happen. So he explained to me how the circulation will be done and that it will be done around 14. Normally it's done within 13 to 15 weeks, but he said he would do my at 14 weeks. Okay. So he started giving me progesterone. He, he also spoke about the second pregnancy and how I lost it at 10 weeks, eight weeks. He said maybe my progesterone levels were low. Oh. So he started giving me progesterone supplements and I had to insert it every night since from four, uh, seven weeks, every okay. night into my bum bum, every night, 400 mg or so. Is it 400 mm. grams or 400 mg? I've forgotten the exact dose. Yeah, I think it's mg, yeah. Mg, okay, so 400 cyclogest. That was cyclogest. The, okay. uh, that was what I was using from seven weeks every night. And then he said he would do the cyclage at 14 weeks as well. So he, he kept monitoring. When I got to 14 weeks, he checked, checked the, he did the abdominal scan. He said the baby looks okay. He checked the cervix. He said the cervix looked long and thick. Yeah. And it didn't look like something was going to happen. So we should keep monitoring. I asked him, please, you said you would stay true. I beg, stay yeah. He said, no, sometimes maybe the first one, something else caused it. So we should keep monitoring. And that although the cyclage can be done between 13 to 15 weeks, that is called the preventative cyclage. Mm-hmm. We can, you can do, you have the room to do the cyclage from that time to 20, 20 weeks. And that from 20, uh, up to 20 weeks, it can be called emergency circulation. So we should keep mm. monitoring. Maybe if by 18 or 19, it's opening, he can still do it. And when you are normally talking with your doctor and he says this, you see that it's as if you are challenging him. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I said, okay, let's keep monitoring and see. We monitored uh, when we got to 20 weeks. He said, no, your circulation, your cervix is strong. Oof. My dear, that means the cyclage could not be done. But why? Then, why couldn't oh, just have done it just to... Uh, I don't know with these doctors. I don't know. They will tell you the cervix. It's not everything. Every time that you can be checking the cervix. Mm. It's not every time that you can check the... You can be touching the cervix. And sometimes when you touch it, it will trigger contractions. Sometimes when you touch it, it will let yeah. you go into premature labor and stuff. So we shouldn't go, uh, as in, we shouldn't touch it at all. So at 20 weeks that he said it was okay, then we should keep quiet, as in, we should keep monitoring. And then mm. I got to 24 weeks, six months. Yeah. I was at home one Saturday when I was cooking. Then suddenly, out of the blues, I started feeling the same contractions yeah. that I suffered, I had in the first pregnancy. And it was recurrent as well. And because I've had it before, I knew something was up. So I immediately called my husband and then he rushed the hospital. When we got to the hospital, we were told that the doctor who attends to me doesn't come on weekends. It was a Saturday. (laughs) 
it doesn't work on Saturdays. So I even told them to give me my folder to go to a different yeah. hospital. The nurses told me no until they hear from the doctor. The doctor gives the permission to give me the folder. They can't give it to me. So I was like, how? The folder belongs yeah. to my wife. Give it to her. Let's go. She's in labor. The nurses, the, the, the nurses there too were not midwives. And I didn't want to take the risk of putting my life in their hands as well as my babies. So my husband just ignored them, told, them, told me that we should go. He, my husband actually works in a hospital as well, one of the hospitals in Ghana, okay. one of the big hospitals, yes. But then that one is in Accra, and we live in Tema, as in another state that if it's in Nigeria, maybe I'll say Lagos and Abuja. Oh, wow. So quite far. Yes, so it's a bit far. Within Ghana, maybe it will be like an hour's drive before we get to Accra. Oh, that's- Oh, yes. Yeah. So he called one of his friends who live in Tema, where we live, and he asked him one of maybe if he can they can recommend a good private hospitals that we can quickly go to. Yeah. So then one of them recommended one good hospital, and then Senel Specialist Hospital in Tema, and then we went there by God's grace. We met the afternoon shift doctor who had just entered the hospital. He looked at my face. Actually, I was crying. Because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Because the first one, when it started, the contraction started coming, it didn't even take 20 minutes and the baby came out. And this one was almost 20 minutes and plus. So I was, I knew the very next moment the baby would come out. So the baby, the doctor told me, asked me what was wrong with me. And I told him, this, this is what is happening. I'm having contractions and it has happened before I lost the baby. So you should quickly check me. So they, although it was a new hospital, they didn't even go through the normal procedure of taking my uh, name, opening a folder for me and yeah. stuff. While the, the doctor was examining me, he was asking me the questions and the nurses were just taking the notes. So he told me to lie down. I lie down. He put on his gloves. He said, open your legs. I opened my legs. He checked and said, no, the baby's, I can feel the baby's head. Oof. My dear, he'll come and see my husband was crying like a baby shouting crying myself i just couldn't cry but the tears were just coming out they were just dripping down but my husband he went over just crying burst out crying loudly so the doctor quickly told the nurses the midwives to take me to the labor ward because in the next one or two minutes, the baby will be out. And took my husband to his office to console him. And when he got to the labor ward, in less than five minutes, I pushed him out because... Mm. And he came out alive as well. He was, he came out at, as in 24 weeks, was I'll say 24 weeks pregnant. And after even the 27 weeks, they told me as a spot, how much more 24 weeks. After some few minutes, he also passed away. That was the third pregnancy. And with the fourth. I'm so sorry. I'm so angry at that doctor because I'm thinking mm-hmm. the first one happened at 26 weeks. So you said 26? 20, 27. 27. Yes. And, and so him checking at 20 weeks and saying it's strong to me is silly because I'm thinking, well, it happened at 27 weeks, which is seven weeks after. Why are you? You know, why are you basing your My, conclusion on 20 minutes? Sure, sure, you know? sure. And uh, till date, till date, 
till date. Um, just uh, I don't know whether some things are supposed to happen for for me to learn some lesson or for me to maybe use it as a platform to also educate or advocate. I don't know. But then yeah. afterwards, I then I read something online that with a cervical incompetence, you know, because the cervical uh, the cervix is either insufficient or mm-hmm. weak or incompetent. When the baby starts growing and the baby uh, the weight starts doubling, yeah. And normally, you know, normally that happens within the second trimester. Mm-hmm. So when you are checking the weight around, maybe from fourteen weeks to twenty weeks, that time the baby's organs are still developing. The weight is not that much yeah. to put pressure on the cervix. But from 21 weeks going, the, baby, the weight of the baby starts doubling, starts increasing. And that is when it puts pressure on the cervix. So, you know, when you go online or when you do some research, it tells you that at every stage in pregnancy, the cervix is supposed to have some measurements. When you are within years, when you are from maybe the, from the very first day you get pregnant to maybe some 12 weeks, it has to have some length. The cervix has yeah. to have a certain length from maybe from 13 weeks to 20 weeks. It has to attain a certain length. Then from 20 weeks to it has some various stages and the length the, the cervix has to be. So if you I don't know if the doctor doesn't know those kind of things. So even if you checked at that time and you saw that it was thick and long, you, you should at least predict that maybe at this stage that if it's even, the length is even like this, maybe in the next one or two weeks, it exactly. can shorten. Knowing very well the person who has lost a Exactly, it has a history before. of this, yeah. <sighs> so my dear, that was the third pregnancy. I lost it at 24 weeks. And then the fourth pregnancy too, by gosh, I got pregnant and then... And that one too, I lost it at 10 weeks, just like the second one. Mm. That one too, yes. But that one, I, I wasn't using a progesterone. Oh. So yes, that one too, I lost it at 10 weeks. That was the fourth pregnancy. And then my new doctor, in fact, he became angry, not angry with me, but angry that I'm losing the babies. Yeah. And then he said, Linda, the next pregnancy, no matter what, you are having it, whether rain or shine, spiritually or physically. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so <laughs> you are having the baby. Yes. So he, he told me, Do you know, my doctor actually is a prayerful man. Oh. He will wake my husband and up at 3 a.m. Your doctor? My doctor. Hmm. To pray with us. Wow. And sometimes I'll even be dozing off. Then he said, Linda, wake up. <laughs> he said, Linda, sorry. Oh, sorry oh, means in Ghana means wake up. As in, be serious. Yeah. And he would tell me sometimes when he's going for all night, he said, Linda, if you, your, your husband can go, as in one of you must go with me. He told me certain things doesn't, although we have physical things, but hmm. we should also pray for the spiritual things to also work in our favor yeah so he prayed with us and one thing that i like about my doctor that i keep telling other people is one of the times he told my husband and i to keep it to ourselves anytime we are pregnant wow you know when you get pregnant or when you get married you are excited, you are happy, you want to get pregnant. So when you get pregnant, you are quick to share the news with others. Mm. But then 
one of the times that my husband and I went to him for antenatal, he just told us that when you are, when you see that you are pregnant, keep it to yourself. It's not everybody around you who is happy that you are pregnant. And you might not know the person because it's not written on the person's face. You can't read the person's mind. Keep it to yourself. You don't owe anybody any explanation. Exactly. The person you owe the explanation is to your husband. That's the first person you have to tell is your husband and your doctor. And thank God that he has blessed you and that he should take you through the pregnancy. The rest of the people, you don't owe them any explanation. Wow. If they see you later with a bump and they ask you, hey, when did you get pregnant and you didn't tell me? Tell them you didn't know you were pregnant. Or tell them it even escaped you. You were still having your menses. Yeah. Find something to tell them. But then you don't have to put it there that every, every, immediately you get, you get a positive pregnancy test. You announce it to the whole world that you are pregnant. Keep it to yourself. Not even your mother-in-law, not even your own mother. And I was glad that that day my husband was there. Exactly, right? So it's not something because you go and tell him. No, because when you go and tell him, maybe he will not see the, the essence of it mm-hmm. or the importance of keeping it to himself. But then he was there because he knows what we have gone through. He listened to him. And then we kept it. So my dear listeners, I don't know what you are also going through. Yours might not even be a cervical incompetence issue. It might be another form of infertility or problems altogether. But then learn to keep your mouth shut when you are pregnant. When the baby comes out, everybody will see him or her. But when the baby is in your womb, please. So the bumps, the bump starts coming out for everybody to see. Keep it to yourself. At least, so you've crossed the uh, dangerous period. That is the first trimester. Keep it to yourself. You don't owe anybody any explanation. The only person you have to tell it to, your husband, your doctor who will take care of you. And thank God for blessing you with that baby. So my dear, let's continue. So in 2016, God blessed us again. That was the fifth pregnancy. Hmm. Got pregnant. I got pregnant again in 2016 January, and then do you know when I tested? When I missed my period and I tested and I it was positive, I wasn't happy. You were afraid. I was scared. I was afraid, my dear. I called my husband. I was at work when I tested. I normally test for pregnancy when I'm at work <laughs> because I don't want to do it at home. And then my husband would tell me. Take your time, it will come. God will bless us. So when I buy the pregnancy test kits, I normally do it at the office. So that, that one day, when it's positive, then I'll let him know if it's negative, I'll just throw it somewhere and then yeah. keep trying. So I checked it and I called him. That are you ready to be a father? He said yes. Why are you pregnant? I said yes, I'm <laughs> pregnant. He was asking me, uh, but why are you not happy? You don't sound happy. I said, all these four babies or four miscarriages that I've had, what shows this one be any different? And I'm tired of going through all these things, going for antenatal, apart from the emotional things, we are wasting money as well. He said, don't worry. Maybe God will bless us with this one and he will actually come to stay. So be happy and thank God. He told me to have faith. I said, okay, God. <laughs> strengthen the faith in me so that they yeah. to carry this pregnancy so I called my doctor he was happy for us as well and then he drew a plan for me 
And with this plan that he drew, the need Dr. drew for me, and yet he didn't leave any loopholes. Progesterone, cyclage, fragment. In fact, injection to even stop my blood from clotting. Medication oh, wow. to even stop me from getting maybe HP. You know, when you are pregnant, the likelihood of you getting high blood pressure is very common. It's very yeah. high. So he was giving me medication as in baby aspirin, uh, some small, right. yes, baby aspirin, fragments, some injection to stop my blood from clotting. So the any form of thing, a management or thing that my husband and my doctor had to do, he drew that plan and he said, he won't wait for this pregnancy to lose before you go and look for the cost as well. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. So we started with that plan. And he told me because of my previous thing, uh, my previous miscarriages, I'd have to be coming for antenatal every two weeks instead of the monthly mm. one, the normal pregnancies we go through. So I was going for antenatal every two weeks. And then when I go for antenatal, they will do, or they will check for infection, do the normal abdominal scan, yeah. and also do transvaginal scan. That was one thing I was very happy about. Hmm. transvaginal at least to check and measure the cervix to, yeah. to check the length of the cervix if it's the length is measuring right on target and to also check it if it's still thick and it's not turning out and then he also recommended an injection at 28 weeks and 32 weeks to help mature the baby's lungs oh wow you know there is an injection for that as well and yeah. because of the history he didn't know whether you, although you go through, you, you, he has drew a plan for me, the baby might still decide to come early. Mm. Uh-huh. So there will be an injection at 28 weeks and 32 weeks just to mature the baby's lungs yeah. so that in case he comes out earlier than he should, he'll be able to breathe on his own and then the complications will be less. Mm-hmm. So we went through that and then the segregation was done. Everything was okay. And then when I reached... 24 weeks, my dear. That 24 weeks, I don't know what is there. <laughs> I don't know what is there, that 24 weeks, that six months. When I got there, that abdominal pressure thing started again. I was having, I was feeling abdominal pressure. It was like the baby was pushing through my cervix. Although the cervix, the cerclage was in place. So. And I was having plenty of discharges as well. I was having back pain. So I quickly went in. Actually, that day, I didn't have an appointment. But then because of what I was feeling, yeah. I immediately went to the hospital to be checked. And when I went, they said, my dear, the cervix that has been stitched is it's opening. Wow. I was like, ah, you people have tied this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you people have tied this thing. So what is, how is it opening again? And it's opening and it's full nail and nothing. Some fluid is even getting into it. Wow. Hmm. So the, my doctor said, I had to quickly be rushed to the theater for a second cyclage. And it was around hmm. 11 p.m. at that time. Can you imagine? <laughs> when you were going, the doctor told my husband, it's a 50-50 thing because she's 24 weeks. And that time, within that period, there is no, I think no one should tag the cervix. The cervix is, un- yeah. is untouchable. So, else we are going to the theater. 
it's because it will be possible that whilst they are doing it, the membranes or something, something mm. will rupture and then I'll lose the baby. Or it's possible that they can go through to and it will be successful. So 50-50 chance. I said, okay, whatever I haven't seen before. Let's go. So then they put me on full anesthesia because they, it had to be immediately mm. done. And then we went to the theater. When we were going, I just put my head down and I told God, God, take charge. I'm human. I can't do anything. Come yeah. and do the sickness. If you want this baby to stay, please let this sickness, the second one, be successful. Don't let the baby come out. The doctor has said it's a 50-50 chance, but you say yes and it is a yes. Yeah. My dear, I then fell asleep. And then when I woke up, my husband and the doctor were standing beside the bed. And by the look on their faces, it was successful. Oh, thank God. Uh, but the only condition was that I can't go home. I had to be on straight hospital bed rest till I reached 14. Wow. No, no baby, no home. The, the doctors were not ready to take any more chances because already four had gone. And for this one, and even for the surgery, for the second cyclage to be successful mm. means if they take the other precautions seriously and I also help myself with the bed rest, the baby will stay till delivery a full term. So my dear, I didn't have any other option. I have to be on this strict bed rest. And for me to be there till 14, meaning that was three yeah. months, three good months. From 24 weeks, oof. Three good months. So I was there for three months. And for the street bed rest, my dear, I had to limit buffing, buffing for one week. The cost is another thing, my dear. Oof. It was a private hospital as well. Yeah. And anybody who is in Ghana and anywhere, specifically, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, Senel Specialist Hospital. Oh. My dear, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, you know, I told my husband works in a government hospital. Mm, I could have yeah. gone there, but I decided that, you know, with government and private hospitals, the way and manner they take it's care different, of people. Yeah. Yes. And because of the four uh, losses, I didn't want to take any chances of, of losing this one too. So although the cost was high, my dear, but we still wanted to be there because the, weighing the two, cost mm. money and baby which one do you want yeah obviously go for your baby so with the street bed rest my dear i had to limit bathing to once a week can you imagine can you imagine yeah once a week and even if i have to get up and do something that would be for just for eating maximum 10 minutes i have to sit and eat and then lie down back and even with the bathing it's my husband who baths me I have to sit on a chair, wooden chair. Hey. Then my husband will bath me. Because my day, if I stand, it's as if the baby is falling out you know, of me. Yeah. Even you will be, when you want to do that, you just be like. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sit on a chair, then my husband will bath me. Hey. If I want to wee-wee, if I want to poop, I have to do it in a bedpan. Once in a while, if I see that the nurses are not around, then I'll, <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll, I'll just, 
walk slowly and then quickly go to the washroom then i'll do whatever thing i have to do then come back to bed even before they think of yeah check up on me and then i don't have to stand obviously no sex oh yeah if you are going to do this thing we'll even think of sex exactly it's it's not even in the in the head at all and even you don't even have to even think of sex or anything even anything that will even arouse you or even make you think of maybe even reaching orgasm do you know yeah. when you have cervical incompetence and even maybe you are not having sex so but you are even watching a romantic movie you know when you are watching a romantic yeah. movie or something you feel something within you just uh, even if you are feeling that thing uh, it can even cause you to contract Be- yes because you know the cervix is not supposed to be touched but they've uh-huh. stitched it they've used something to twice twice so already it's already sensitive mm. so for you to even think about something you know what you think is what goes through your body mm. it can make you contract it can make you have those uh, Braxton Hayes contractions right your baby your stomach will become those very tight mind yeah so i had to go through all that for three months and i did that for three months after three months by gosh grace i was discharged to go home oh okay and go and prepare for delivery that time i was <laughs> like 36 weeks and you know son when i was at the hospital for three months you know most of the people around me didn't know except the people I stay in the house with. My own mother didn't know I was at the hospital for three months. Hey. My siblings didn't know. The only person who knew was my husband, my mother-in-law, because we stay with her in the same house, mm. and my brother-in-laws. My mother-in-law was the one who was cooking for me morning, afternoon, evening, and my brother-in-laws were bringing the food to me. So they knew, but for my friends who are not in Tema and my own family, They'll call me and I'll tell them I'm at work. I had my laptop to be with me. So if you want me to do something, maybe some typing, maybe you want me to do your CV or something for you. Yeah. Or you want me to help you with your maybe financial statements or what, I'll just do it on my laptop and then send it to you. So no one ever thought I was not going to work. I was not at home. And if you say you are coming to visit me, I'll tell you my husband and I are going for a program. So you're not going to meet us at home. <laughs> So I went home and then I went to prepare for delivery and my daughter discussed with my husband and I what option would go for whether for vaginal delivery or for CS. And my dear, I didn't waste even two minutes thinking about this. I chose CS. I chose Mm. CS, not some people would say why. I chose CS because when it comes to me doing the vaginal delivery, my doctor will not be there. It will be the midwives. But right. when I'm doing the CS, my doctor will be there. And he knows what I've gone through. So he'll do everything possible to save me and the baby. Yeah. But with the midwives, you, they, they, although they will read the things in your folder, but I don't know, they don't know me personally. Mm-hmm. And they will do, they'll go do everything by the book, what we are supposed to do. But if something happens, they will not feel for me like how my doctor, who yeah. has known, uh, who has been praying with us, knows. So my dear, I chose the CS. And then my doctor was the one to do it. He did, he did it. He delivered the baby for me safe and sound. By God's wow. grace, I had my babies. And you know that night, my dear, I didn't sleep well. <laughs> I was just seated by the bed. Just watching it? Watching the baby. <laughs> the bed was big enough to take both of us. Mm. 
but my dear, I couldn't sleep. I was just sitting on a chair and I put the baby on the big bed. <laughs> I was sitting by the bed looking at the baby, asking myself, hey, now this is me mine. too. Is this mine? Did he come out of me? Did I, I, I asked him, they came in me for nine months. Hmm. So he was a girl to call me mommy. Yes. My dear, my eyes were wide open. You are the whole night. <laughs> if I say I blinked an eye, I'm telling lies. Not even for a second. So, because I was scared that even if I close my eyes, Abby? I wake up, they'll tell me it's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was scared wow. even if I wake up, people would tell me, eh, it's, it's a dream or wake up, wake up. <laughs> Do you think you are going to deliver? Because all those things that I was happy that that was happening when I was in the theater and stuff, I was thinking they were all like a movie that mm. I was watching. But now in reality, so I'll be there and I'll intentionally pinch myself. Is this for real? <laughs> Do I have my baby too? As in, I'm, yeah. am, am I now a mother? Yes. Wow. Thank God. Thank God. So I had that baby by God's grace. He's almost. He'll be six in August this year. Amazing. Six years by gosh grace. So that was the fifth pregnancy, and that was my very first surviving child. The sixth pregnancy, because of how the doctor, the plan he drew, and how successful it was, we went through the same plan that the doctor drew for me for the first one. And then we did the circlage, everything went all well, all well. And even with this pregnancy, the second one, do you know? I didn't even go on one day of bed rest. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And do you know the doctor was actually telling me the the very first circlage that they used, the very first one that they used, he said it seems it was, I don't know, it was inferior quality or so. He told me there was a difference, not as in very cheap or that, but he told me there was a difference. Wow. So that is how come maybe that one caused that. But this time around, they were using a very quality one. Hmm. So it was intact. My service was okay. When I come to work, I come in the morning, I close at two. Then I go, I don't do eight to five again. My boss okay. actually understood me because of the losses I have had. Hmm. So he gave me a flexible way, work schedule. So I come, I close at two. When I sit for two hours, I'll just get up and walk around. I don't sit for too much. I don't stand for too much. I was just following the directions. Hmm. And then I didn't go for any form of bed rest. The only time that I was off work was when after the cyclage, they'll give you two weeks so that you'll be at home and then you'll be on bed rest for the stitch, a cervical stitch to be in the right position as in for your service to be okay before you resume work. That was the only two weeks that I had off. But the mm. rest, I went from I went to work from right from beginning till uh, of the pregnancy till the time that my CS was booked. Right. Uh, taking the medications and then injections. With all through this, I was still taking in the injections for the maturity of the baby's lungs at 28 and 32 weeks. I was still wow. taking everything. I wasn't taking any chances at all. Yeah. But then by God's grace, it was smooth because I followed the directions and because God was with me as well. And then, my, my dear, God. I delivered that one to a boy. 
you will be you'll be five in December by mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And okay, then the seventh so pregnancy and then the the third baby. That one too, by God's grace. God blessed me. And it was just like the second boy. We went through everything, took the medications, the injection. We did the cyclage as well. So with all the pregnancies, I had to take the cyclage. Yeah. Did the cyclage. I was doing the progesterone, the cyclogest every evening. I was going for antenatal every two weeks. I'll, when I go for antenatal, they will check for the infection. They will check for, uh, do the abdominal and the transvaginal to check the cervix to measure it, to make sure everything is intact. And anytime I feel uneasy or any little pain, I simply rush to the hospital. Yes, I don't so. say I'm waiting to see <laughs> tomorrow what will happen. Even exactly. Midnight, papam, I simply rush to the hospital to be checked because I don't want, if I had known, I don't want to hear that. Yes. Anymore. So, my dear, that's how come I had. Wow, thank one. God. The seventh one was, is a girl. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> so now, two boys, one girl by gosh, Grace. She'll be yes. two in September. She'll be two years in September. Well, that's wonderful. Yes. So that's how come, my dear, that's my story or experience. What a journey. What a journey, my dear. Seventh pregnancy, seven pregnancies with three live children. By gosh, grace. Wow. We thank God for his mercy and grace. Yes, my dear. Yes. For making it all happen. Yes. And for having such a a dedicated doctor and a doctor that was like family you know for sure, praying yeah, with you personally i call him <laughs> my not a doctor, doctor. <laughs> exactly <laughs> first, i call him my first but even if uh, sometimes when i call him and i don't get him i call his wife mm-hmm. and his wife would take it and he'd say you're calling my husband you're not getting him hold on i'll call him and then in the next moment my doctor will call him and then my wife called me i say yes so and when you were doing the naming ceremonies for all of them especially the first one do you know they came with us to church oh wow and i stood on the pulpit i just had to mention his name because he has been so so much even if he's off duty and i'm having pains when i call him he'll quickly rush there then people will be asking ah but that's some of today you are not supposed to be here you are off (laughs) when it comes to linda i can't stay at home (laughs) wow when it comes to linda i can't stay at home so People call you when people see me. Said that I'm a first patient. That I'm a first patient. When he's not there, no one can attend to me because he understands me. And yes. He understood what, and he understands that with everything there is a spiritual aspect to it. There is a physical aspect to it. So we tackle both sides. Yeah. God helped us and blessed us. So yes. my dear, that's my journey. That's my journey. Thank you so much for sharing that Thank and for being you. so vulnerable and sharing and just being so open. My dear, I have to share it because I don't want people to go through what I've gone through. It's yeah. a very painful thing. Apart from everything, the emotional thing you go through, no one understands you. No, no one will understand what you're going through. And if you don't take care, people will even be blaming you that your husband is making you pregnant. Why is it that you are not able to carry the pregnancy? I know. Like, like, like you're the one that made yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it's not fault of yours that the babies are coming out. But then they would say it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this. They'll even tell you that because of something, maybe some abortion that you did. That, that you've done in the past, you, yeah. But do you know that uh, with cervical incompetence, you can't even be born with it. You can't even be born with cervical incompetence. You can be born with it. 
especially when you are black you are in the black race like us mm. so the fact that it's 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 possible it's also possible someone might, might have done maybe an abortion to cause it but then you can't draw the conclusion that the person did something that is why it's caused this exactly so the emotional thing you go through is very 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 painful it is and people need so much support and understanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which oftentimes people are not getting no because they they are just looking at you the woman why you know why you know being able to do this to carry Husband has done this part how about you but and then you start feeling guilty yes and you know with this thing too it's very rare it's not common it's mm. not common for people to know that maybe this is happening so when you explain it to them though they are like ah where from this thing too are you sure it's something called that it, I, I, maybe in their generations no one has even gotten it except to you so where from you yeah and they might have even had it and no one just yeah. speaks about it yes you know so then it's like as if they're not even part of human beings recently i had a follower the lady called me and she was telling me the mother-in-law came to the hospital after she had had a miscarriage at 28 weeks mm. she lost the baby and she was crying she was in she, she was emotional she needed somebody to even comfort her and tell her everything will be okay and that she should keep trying she should keep trusting god but the mother-in-law was just standing in the hospital it was a government hospital see the number of patients in a maternity ward or in a ward a particular one like 20 the mother-in-law was just standing there insulting her loudly uh-uh. Uh-uh, my dear that's what happened that she has lost the baby and that doesn't she want her to have a, a, a grandchildren and that they are going to marry <laughs> for uh, the their their son my dear so people going through this i get a lot of messages in my uh, dm and i i, I need to support them with advice with calls because no one will understand what they are going through except if you have gone through yeah. and it's it's i just don't know the right word to use my dear thank <laughs> you for all that you're doing and just you know because again like you said just knowing that somebody else has gone through something similar especially where it seems like nobody else understands this nobody else has seen this this is something unique to you and then you find somebody else that's gone through it it's it's so helpful to Hmm. just know that somebody else understands what you feel so thank you so much for all that you're doing to raise awareness i mean but knowing that you know i know that ghana must be similar to nigeria in certain ways in the sense that people don't want to speak about this, you know, losses, uh, you just keep quiet about it. Nobody, because it, it makes it seem like everybody else just gets pregnant and has a baby in nine months, which obviously is not the reality. There's a lot of people that have experienced losses, yes. but you coming out and sharing your story and speaking out, why did you do that? Knowing fully well that this is not common. It's still a taboo subject. There's still so much stigma. Even the example that you gave, why did you decide to openly then share your story and support others? My dear, I did, I did that to help create awareness on IC. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing is there, but because we are not talking about it, it's yeah. like it's silent, but people are really suffering from this thing. I realized that after I lost some babies and I don't want other people to also go through and the way the trend is, you have to lose a baby or two before we will diagnose you. 
that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. That should never be the case. Why should I have to lose like a, a baby or two or three? Even mind like four before yeah. you get somebody to really understand your situation to help you. It shouldn't be so. That is how come I decided to open this page and help create the awareness. People should read about it. The fact that you are reading about it doesn't mean you suffer the same. The fact that exactly. you are reading it doesn't mean you also have incompetent cervix. But you reading about it, you learning about it, you hearing this uh, story, you hearing about mine. Even if you put it in your head, when a friend or someone closer to you is pregnant, you can easily tell them, please, yes. when you go, whether you, you've gotten pregnant or not, let your doctor check your cervix. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like it's only to women, both men and women, because the woman, the woman might not get access to or maybe know what an IC is. But you, a man, you, the husband, you, a brother, you, a father, you, a grandfather, who will be listening to this or who might have heard about IC will put it in your head. And then when you're maybe your daughter, your sister, your some, someone close, your friend is pregnant or even they are planning to get married and get pregnant. Just share the story with them. Just share what you have learned or you have heard on IC with them. Just then let the person put it in his or her head. And it left to me alone. We will even talk about this, this thing to people who are even here to get married. Not yes. for those who have even gotten married and you are looking for uh, babies or who are pregnant, but those who are now thinking of getting married. Yeah. So that they will have this thing in, in their mind that no matter how safe or how healthy I think I am, this thing can happen to anybody. So they should put it in their heads. They should just listen to it. They should just read about it and help share the word so that it will get across to each and every person. And then when you have this thing in your mind, when you are pregnant, you can go to the hospital and insist that your, your doctor checks your cervix outside the normal checks they do, the normal labs they run, the normal abdominal. Some, yeah. Do you know some pregnant women even don't know there is something called trials vaginal scan? They, yeah, because they, because they haven't done it. It's just, you could just do yes. it outside. And, uh, yes, and you know with cervical incompetence too, I've seen several followers come to my DM with that. I, oh, I had a, a successful pregnancy. Maybe I've, I already have two children who are maybe 10 years and five years. Mm. And this is my third pregnancy. And I lost it within the second trimester. And the doctors are saying it's because of cervical incompetence. So because people have given birth previously and nothing happened, they went through with a successful pregnancy. They think that is it. Every yeah. pregnancy will be like that. But every pregnancy differs. Mm. Every pregnancy differs. So whether you've had, you have children currently or you've had a successful pregnancy before, whenever you are pregnant, let your doctor check your cervix, especially when you are in the second trimester, because that's when the weight starts doubling up. Mm. So that is how come I decided to create the awareness so that whether you are married or not, whether you are pregnant or not, people will get to know there is something like that. And then yeah. they will read about it and help spread the word across, even before they get pregnant, to go through what cervical and competence is. Yes, thank you. And, you know, you mentioned that in your case, you had the circlage that was done, uh, you know, the preventative one that sometimes you can do from 12 weeks or 14 mm -hmm. weeks uh, that mm -hmm. you mentioned. And of course, you were also taking progesterone. And I've heard that some people 
do both. Some people also do other types of settlages or bed rest. Can you, mm-hmm. in your experience or opinion, what are some of the ways that you've seen that this has been managed or that people can discuss with their doctors to see what option might be best for them? Normally, it's different for each and every person and the management procedure or the method they would have to use to save the baby and the mother. It mm. will depend. Some people will just need progesterone to make the service thick and strong. Right. You know, but some people too would have to use both the progesterone and with the cyclage. And, you know, with the cyclage, we have the vaginal cyclage and we have transabdominal cyclage. Okay, what's, yes, what's the we, difference? We have the two types. With us, a vaginal cyclage, they'll do the mouth as in the cervix itself. That's where the stitch is. But then okay. with their transabdominal cyclage, they don't do the cyclage as in through your vagina. Hmm. They cut you as in like you are about to do a cesarean session. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so that one, they do the cyclage on top of your cervix. Mm. a little above your cervix so normally what the doctors prescribe is or what what the doctors normally do is that there are some people they've done the vaginal cyclages but they are still losing their babies okay so with that if you have read or if you are following or if you listen to maybe if you go through gone through my page and the things I've put there you will be able to recommend or suggest to your doctor that why not let us try a transabdominal one because right. with the transabdominal one, it's a bit up. So if your vaginal cyclage was not successful, or if your cervix is even, some people's cervix are very weak to the extent that when you even put the stage five, it will not even click. Wow. And then some people have had surgeries on the cervix that might have impacted. Yes. Might have, right. Maybe different kind of surgeries, or maybe, uh, as a, sorry to say, maybe the person had an abortion, or maybe the doctor who did the abortion didn't do it, didn't do it properly yeah, yeah so and then even is, some with cancer that that might yes. have taken some parts out yes you know, yes cervical yeah yeah so all these things can make the cervix nothing not good to even go through a cervical vaginal cyclage so with that if you know more about it you can even suggest to the doctor to go with the transabdominal one so don't, it, doctors don't normally go straight to the transabdominal they will do the transvaginal first Right. And if it's still not succeeding, then they'll go ahead to do the transabdominal one. And most of the time, that one comes with like, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I stand to be corrected, like 98% success rate. Oh, right. Yes. And this is done in Ghana? Like, have you heard of transabdominal cyclage so far, in Ghana? No, I've not heard. All the ones I've read about, I, I had a follower from Nigeria. Oh. And the, yes, and the person told me they were able to do the transabdominal one in Nigeria, but the, what was not specific as in the doctor or the hospital that did right, it. Right. And okay. I've had followers too from US, from India, from is it Spain. They okay. also said they also said they did transabdominal, and then they've had their they've gone ahead to have their babies. So if the transvaginal doesn't work, there is always an option of transabdominal. Right. So it depends right. on each person and the a management procedure they would have to use for you to have your babies. And there are several options. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's good for people to know and just be able to have that conversation with a doctor and see sure. what might be best for them. Sure. Yeah, thank you. 
Uh, I know we've spoken a lot about incompetent cervix, but I know that we also wanted to touch on other areas uh, earlier when we spoke before this conversation, you know that, that you have sickle cell anemia. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your experience, a bit about your experience and any impact that that had on your fertility journey? Okay, with the sickle cell anemia, um, AS, AS, it's not a fully... So you're a carrier? Yes, I'm a carrier, but it's not as in the fully SS. Yes, okay. Yes, but I have some portions and I'm a carrier of it as well. And okay. with that, you know, when you are AS and you are going to get married, that is why recently when you are going to get married, the doctors or the church people, when you go for counseling, they will tell you to do uh, a lab to check for your husband's status as well. If your husband is SS and you are AS, it's not advisable to get married, obviously. It's possible you might give birth to SS children who later come into the world and have complications mm. and even suffer from it. So with mine, my husband is AA, so it's not related in any way. He's not a carrier of it. So that's how come we're able to go ahead and then get married, give birth, and by God's grace, everything is okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I know that. Um, sorry. So now, just noting that you're not, you don't have sickle cell anemia. You're, you're a carrier, yeah. and I know that. Yeah, that used to happen in Nigeria for for a while actually. That people were being cancelled in the church to. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even some people on the first date will ask somebody, what is your um, genotype right away? Because they want to know. Uh, but I know that now as well, even in Nigeria, there are people, some people do pre-implantation genetic testing where they're trying to find out, uh, well, true IVF to, to see if, to see what embryos have sickle cell and decide which embryos to actually in, uh, transfer. Yeah. So that's, people are definitely having that conversation just to yeah. raise awareness as well. Sure. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and in terms of the RH negative blood type, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people again speak about that a lot and if it has any impact on even the uh, people having pregnancy loss, uh, in your experience, yes. What have what have you um, what have you experienced with this? Do you have okay. ne uh, Irish negative blood type, right? Yes, yes. I'm A negative. A negative. Okay. A negative, and my husband is in the positive blood group, and right. that can be a complication. That can bring problems in when, especially when you are pregnant and the baby you are carrying is carrying or took after your husband's blood type, as in took the a, a the positive blood type whilst i am you the mother you are in the, the negative, negative blood right. type it's really causing problems and sometimes people in the negative if especially if you're in the mother if you're the mother and you have the negative blood group and your husband is in the positive and you get pregnant and sorry you miscarry or you lose the baby or whether you give birth normally through vaginally or whether through cs after each and every pregnancy, there is a, uh, an injection you have to take. Injection called anti-derogam. Oh, so people yes. can ask their doctors. If you're listening, you can have that conversation with your doctor and see. Yes, 
if you are in the negative, you the mother, you are in the negative blood group and your husband is in the positive blood group. When you get pregnant, you normally don't know the blood group your baby takes. Mm. If your baby takes the negative blood group, just like you, you are okay. But then if the baby takes your husband's positive blood group, you have to take this injection within 72 hours after delivery. Ah. If you don't do that, your immune system treats the positive blood group as if it's a foreign substance. Mm. Yes, and your body will make antibodies against those blood, uh, blood cells. And when this crosses back into the placenta of the developing baby, it will cause you to either miscarry have a stillborn or your baby will be joined this after delivery. Ah. So normally when people give birth, I'm sure some people are there to date, they don't know the blood group of their husband. They, yes, they will know, but their husband's own boy might know, they might not know. And you know, if after delivery, you go, you take, you don't take this injection because your husband's positive blood has entered yours. Anytime you get pregnant again, and it's a positive blood way, your, your body will dispose of the baby. You uh-huh. have a miscarriage. So sometimes the miscarriage some of us go through, it's not as if maybe you have cervical incompetence. It's not as if you were lacking progesterone. It's not as if something was wrong, maybe genetically or through with the embryo or something. But it's because your body is disposing of the baby just because yeah, it has seen it as a foreign substance. Yeah. So please, if you are listening and you are in the negative blood group, your husband is in the positive blood group, the safest thing is after every delivery, whether it's a miscarriage, even if you have a miscarriage at six weeks, at seven weeks, at eight weeks, whichever week you have the miscarriage, as far as you are pregnant, you have to take this injection called Rogam anti-D within 72 hours and the earlier the better. And Ola, do you know that injection is very expensive as well? So you had to take that all the time? I had to take that with all my children. Whether you lose it or you don't lose it, whether you have your baby in your arms or you had a miscarriage. So far as you, the mother, you are carrying a negative blood group and your husband is in the positive. If both of you are negative, you don't have any problem. But if you are negative and your husband is positive in the blood group range, you have to take this medication. Otherwise, the next time you get pregnant, your body will see those positive things as a foreign substance and it will dispose of and you keep getting miscarriages whilst blaming it on another thing. Yeah, so it is important that, you know, anyone listening that we're definitely having this conversation so that doctors or whoever medical team yes. is just to know yes. and also be getting this blood test to know uh, what it is and to, you know, discuss. Like, you when your partner... Yeah, and to discuss the drugs that you took as well and see if that's an option for them or what the doctors sure. might recommend. Sure. So important. I know I'd read that somewhere that um, if someone has had a pregnancy before and the next time it might cause antibodies. Um, so thank you for speaking about your experience and sharing that. Very helpful. Again, this is all things that people might not be aware of. Sure. And like you said, maybe causing losses and people just not sure what's happening. Um. And of course, many times we're also concerned if it's a spiritual and, you know, mm-hmm. some things might mm-hmm. be spiritual, but some things might be things mm-hmm. that within our we can easily control, quote unquote, yes. yeah, that doctors can help us with. Sure. So thank you for speaking about that. Um, 
And I'm not sure if you yourself has this deficiency, but you also know that something about G6PD deficiency mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that impacts mm -hmm. that it can mm -hmm. also have in terms of fertility. Yes. Could you share a bit about that? Yes, with the G6PD status, I am partial defect. Mm -hmm. That one too, I'm not full. I don't know how God created me. <laughs> In, In a special age. way. <laughs> <laughs> In the negative blood group, uh, RH negative. So, with, you know, with, you know, with the RH negative, anytime I go to the hospital, they use a red pen to write on my booklet. Oh, wow. Yes, because, you know, if you're in the negative blood group, or when you get to the hospital, it's not any blood that you can take in case yeah. you are in, it's, it's an emergency. Mm. In the, the mistakenly give you a positive blood, you are dead and gone. Wow. So they use red pen to boldly write on my folder, mm. RH negative, A, then they'll be specific, A negative. Wow. So please, if you're in the negative blood group, tell your doctor so that he can write it on your book so that exactly. anytime something happens and your doctor is not around, anybody who takes your folder will be able to give you the right blood and will not just say that most of the people in the world, in the negative blood group, you know, we are not many in this world, though. We are few. Yeah, yeah. If you read about us, we are not many. So they don't conclude that because 80% people are in the positive blood group. So we should give you a positive blood group. Let them indicate it on your folder so that they don't okay. make that mistake. So with the yeah. GSSPD, as I said earlier on, I'm partially defect. It's not a full, but with this deficiency, it's not any food or medication that I can take. Oh, wow. Yes. I cannot take, you know, when you are pregnant, there is this malaria medicine they give you at some stage in the pregnancy. With Ghana, they call it normal, they call it, they normally call it SP. When you okay. go to the hospital, they'll give it to you at some stage, just 24 weeks or 28 weeks, they'll give you some malaria med medicine. When you go for antenatal, the nurses or the midwives will give it to you. But when you have just a with you, whether partial defect or full defect, you can't take that particular malaria drug. Oh, wow. And if you don't know your status with just a speedy, they might just go ahead and give it to you. And it's, it might have another effect on your pregnancy. You might not even miscarry. You might go ahead to have the pregnancy or have the baby. But the baby will be there. And then maybe how fast or how intelligent or how maybe the baby should supposed to be at certain way, the baby will mm -hmm. not be doing that. And you might not understand. Wow. But with mine, I can't take this particular SP, the normal medication the pregnant women take, my daughter prescribed another form of malaria medicine for me. Hmm. Yes. So it's very important you disclose everything about you. And if you think there are certain things, because if you don't go to the hospital for them to run all those checks, a check on you, you wouldn't know. Yeah, that's what was, exactly. So, mm -hmm. so, so, so it's important for people to check to see if they Yes. Have... Let them run a thorough, do a thorough checkup on you. Do all the necessary labs. Right. Because you might not know what is hidden somewhere. This is this, this PD. It's not every doctor who recommends it's been done. I've never even heard about it until I, yes. until, until we spoke. Yeah. Yes. And some people have given birth. The babies are there. The children have grown perfectly. But then there are some small, small things you see that maybe this child is supposed to do this. The person was working all right, doing everything. But maybe intelligence, maybe reacting some way, maybe sleeping and doing some things which the baby is not supposed to be. You, you might not know what that thing will cause. Mm. 
Mm. So just to be on the safer side, let them run and do a thorough checkup on you, do all the necessary labs so that they will know the right medication. The fact that everybody is taking this medicine doesn't mean you can also take it. Exactly. So that is how my GSSPD status to affect me. So when you disclose everything about you, they'll be able to also prescribe the right medication for you. And even when the doctors are prescribing it for you, it's not every time that maybe you might go and meet your preferred doctor at the hospital. So when right. you go and they give you any medication, just remind the doctor, doctor, um, partial this is just a speedy defect. Do I have the right to take this medicine? Intentionally mm. ask. When yeah. you ask it, when, if, maybe the person knows, but at that instant, the person might have forgotten. We know you, we all have our problems. The doctors also have their problems. Of course. So you can just, just a reminder. Oh, doctor, I'm this, or maybe I'm in the, um, I'm, I'm A negative, or I'm this, or I'm ASO, I'm just a speedy partial or food defect, or do I have, can I take this medication? Then the person will come to the says, hey, no, you can't take this. Oh, yes, you can take this. Then you know you are doing the right thing. Don't just yes. take any medication the doctors give you, give you, because at the end of the day, they will be in their house, you will be in their house, you will be suffering the consequences. Yes, well oh, said. Dear. Well said, Linda. Like you've, I mean, it's been really amazing just having this conversation because you've given myself and listeners so much information that we're now equipped to know that, yes, we pray, and that's great, but let's also do all the medical things that we need to do. Let's have conversations with our doctors. Let's speak with people that even not even married, younger people, let them know about incompetence uh, service. Let us know our genotypes. Let us know our GC. This uh, is speedy status. Let us know that. Let us be a wet. Let's do the you know full blood work like you mentioned. Let's mm -hmm. work with our doctors and mm -hmm. have this conversation. So many things you've spoken about in your experience, and let people just speak and know if it applies to them. What are their options? So, thank you so much. That's been really helpful, and thank and I think you. that we can all do better in our societies, just doing more checks, going to the doctor and getting, do what we can do in our own power to, to help us in our fertility and in our pregnancies. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Now, speaking about, you know, just any quotes, we always ask any quotes or words of affirmation that you have found helpful in your journey that you'd like to share with us. Yes. Through this journey of mine, things that I've, I keep saying to myself is mm. always rush to the hospital to be checked whenever you are feeling uneasy. And that you know your body or you know yourself more than anyone else. Yes. Prevention is better than had I known. It's mm. better to go to be checked than sitting down and say, if I had known. And yeah. also don't forget that prayer is the key. We should ha always have faith and trust God that so far as he has brought us thus far, he has plans for us. Imagine all that I went through. So much. Someone might have even, maybe after the four losses, might not even get pregnant again. But still, God blessed me. And yeah. I have these three children. So whenever you are going through maybe tribulations, you are going through hard times, difficulty times, don't lose hope. Have faith in God and know that God will make a way. The doctor might have his or her say, 
your in-laws, your friends might have what they say. Everyone around you will have something to say, but always know that God will always have the final say. So pray to him, do your part as you have to do as an individual. Work on both the physical and the spiritual aspect and God will make a way for you. Amen. Thank you Amen. for sharing that. And for anyone listening, you know, you've shared so much information, you know, from your experience, from your followers. And I know many people want to reach out to you and connect with you and see how, and just speak to you. So what is the best way for them to reach you? Hola, for now, for now, I just started creating the advocacy. I don't have much ways people can reach me except for the Instagram page I've opened, the Cervical Incompetence Survivor. Okay. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, the person can reach out to me through that page. And if there is a need, I'll just send you my contacts and okay. we'll keep chatting. I have so many people on my, in my DM. I keep chatting with them every day. Some people, like, take the time to call them every day to check up on wow. them and their pregnancies, how the pregnancies are going. Some have even delivered. I have a follower in the US. She, has, she recently delivered about three oh, weeks wow. ago. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. So if you reach out to me, anything concerning I see anything concerning pregnancy, anything concerning breastfeeding, taking yeah. care of children. I'm never ready for you. Just send me a message. If there is a need, I'll send you my contract. And then we'll take it up from there. Perfect. And even if you are in Ghana, I can even take the time to visit you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's wonderful. When next, I'm, yeah. when next I'm in Ghana, I'll be sure to reach out to you as well. Sure, call me. I'll meet yes. up with you. Love. Yes, definitely. You. By God's grace. And, uh, as a wrap-up, are there any last words that you'd like to share with us today? Hmm. Uh, because of the losses I went through, I least expected to be a mom of one child. Hmm. <laughs> In fact, I thought less of three kids. But, but by God's grace, now I get home and you hear them calling, mommy, 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 <laughs> mommy, 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 mommy. Sometimes I even ask them, are you guys not tired of calling me mommy? If mommy wants to be mommy, it would have been finished by now. My dear, God has washed away all the tears from my eyes. He has yeah. made a way where there seems to be no way. So trust him. Put your trust in him. I'm sure my doctor was able to do all this help, all these things to help us pray and all those things. Because God made him do that. Maybe God made a way for us to go and meet him on that afternoon. Yes. We met him on the afternoon shift. We would have even maybe gone to meet another doctor. There are so many doctors in Senel Specialist Hospital. But that very day, God directed us to him. So talk to God. Pray to him. And whichever person or whichever doctor God has to direct you to, God will take you to him. And he will do what you want him to do for you. He will bless you with your children. Although you have cervical incompetence, you have your children. I have it, and I never thought I would have my children, but now I have them. So trust in him, have faith in him, and leave all your sorrows and your worries to him. He will also bless you with your children. And the word, word called mommy, 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 <laughs> it will be like resounding words in your ears. You yes. just sit down and be smiling. If we're in Ghana, I'll say, miso pa minie. Ask him, is it me? Like, if me say people, they call me mommy, 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 mommy. 
So, my dear, that is the last words I'd like to share with our listeners today. Have faith in God. And then when you meet a doctor too and he gives you certain instructions, follow them, especially on the sex issue. Someone will say, I can't stay there without a year, not having sex. Sex is important. But then it gets to a stage in life, you have to just try and forego some things. When you have your children, you can have sex each and every second of your life. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. Just when they give you the instructions, put them aside. So what I even said, I had to bath once a day. I wasn't used to. Once a you week, bath yeah. one, Once a week. Hmm. You have to bath morning, evening. But now, that's at that time, that time, I had to bath once a week. And even that one, I couldn't stand. But now, I'm, being, I'm back to bathing once, a, twice a, a day. Even if I want four times where I can get, nobody can stop me. I can go anywhere I want. But then I was strict in bed for three months. It's now a spot. Sometimes I, I even forgot I was in bed for all three months. So my dear, whichever situation you find yourselves in, know it's temporal. And with God, it can change at any time. My situation has changed. I'm not a mother. You can also oh, be a mother. Three beautiful children. Yeah. Three beautiful. Two boys and two boys and a girl. What a blessing. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you so much, Linda. It really has been amazing having you on the show here. Thank you. I have learned so much. I'm sure all the listeners have learned so much. And Ola, once let me check in this. Thank you to Fertility Conversations. Thank you. I'm I'm really glad I've been able to share my story. I wanted a platform. In fact, I needed a platform to help spread the message across. Hmm. You know, with Instagram, it takes a lot for people to even hear about you to follow you. But I know your platform is a very big one. So listeners, please, if you are listening, please help share the message across. And then I'm sure those who are losing their babies, it might not even be because of cervical incompetence. It might be because of GSSPD. It can be because of maybe being AS and SS. It can be because of maybe being in the negative blood group or something or even something else but help share the message across so that people will get to know that IC exists. Yes. They must get their service checked. And Ola, I want to thank my husband as well. Yes. Yes, he <laughs> has been of so much help to me. Through this journey, some you be there, some men be immediately, they see that they are doing their part and you are not fulfilling your part of keeping the pregnancies. They'll find another woman to give a, go and give birth with, but then, he stayed with me. He has been with me. He takes care of the children in my absence. Sometimes when I don't close early, he baths them, gives them food, takes care of them anyhow a father should. Yes. He's really been helpful. And I want to thank him. I'm sure one day you'll be able to hear this. And <laughs> wherever you are, God bless you. My Amen. family, my doctor, Dr. Mofa, my personal doctor. <laughs> my my doctor, God bless you too and your family and everyone who has been there for me through those difficult times. I'm much grateful to you. Yeah. So thank you, Ola. Thank, thank you. you. We much. thank your husband for being so amazing. We sure. thank him. Sure. Uh, we, 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 we pray for and appreciate such men and pray that more for all our women. Because definitely need the support throughout this whole journey. Because again, it's no one's fault, and no one made themselves to be that way. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and for your wonderful doctor going above and beyond. Yes. What many doctors will do. Yes, we love him (laughs) and we thank him. We love your husband and your doctor, and we thank them for all that they've done. 
thank, thank you. you so much, Linda, for for creating awareness. You know, it cannot be easy to share. I mean, your journey. We we thank God for the testimonies, but you know, going through all of that could not have been easy. So it mm-hmm. cannot be easy even mm-hmm. sharing it and remembering mm-hmm. what happened. So thank you. Mm-hmm. For, for the strength and for being so vulnerable to share it, to create awareness, to use your story to help so many others, to hopefully prevent the same thing from happening to them. That is so powerful and that is huge because not so many would want to do that. So thank you for thank all you. that you're doing and for, you know, for helping us, for educating us and for telling us conversations that we need to have with our doctors and our medical team and things we need to discuss and see if it applies to us. And what can we do and how can we better, um, you know, prevent losses or prepare ourselves for our pregnancy. So thank you so much, Linda. It's been a pleasure having you on here and we look forward to having you again in the near future. Thank you for all you're doing and for putting Africa on the map. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.